Good afternoon or good morning, depending on where you are joining from today. My name is Jason Brand, and I'm the Director of Outreach and Partner Development here at Supply Chain Solutions. I want to apologize in advance. Um, you know, I was a little sick last week. A lot of other people were sick last week, and I am better, but I've got congestion up the wazoo. So I got a little pink water bottle over here uh, to help my throat. Got the chapstick on. So hopefully, you know, my voice won't turn into a full, like, frogs by the time uh, we're <laughs> barely into this. So, um, but I really appreciate everybody joining today. And uh, if you're a returning viewer, you probably heard my blurb last week about some of the changes coming to the show, which is great. If you are a new viewer, thank you so much for joining. I am sure you're going to love it. So as a quick overview of what we talked about last week, just in case you didn't make it or, you know, just in case you are new to the show, um, this show used to be a little bit longer. We used to go on for 30 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes minimum. And uh, it kind of started getting longer and longer. We're, we're, it's our goal to try to take all the nuggets of information and all of the description and kind of squeeze that into a 15-minute window. So we are available on a ton of platforms. And um, that means we're available via podcasts on Spotify and also Apple. Um, we're on YouTube. Also, we're here on LinkedIn. This is actually where we post live. So if you're here Thursdays, 1 p.m., we're always here um, for most of the year until we get to the holidays, but we'll get into that later. Anyway, so um, yeah, find the best way that works for you. It's really our goal to try to keep this within 15 minutes and uh, make sure that we have some really clear, digestible information that is relevant to what we do, what our teams are talking about, what we're concerned about, what our clients are concerned about. So you got to get a little bit of a glimpse of what we're doing. Um, also, we love recommendations as well. If there's an area that you guys have been having trouble with or really want to keep up to date with, something along those lines, please shoot me a note, shoot Vanessa a note, shoot Dax a note. Um, let us know, hey, if you could touch on this subject, that'd be great. I'll go in, I'll talk to my teammates, and we'll come up with really our formulated opinion on that for you. So yeah, just let me know that as well. I'd love to bring that up. Um, let me talk a little bit about who we are. So myself and my co-host, who's not with me today, Anthony D'Ambrosio, uh, we both represent a company called Supply Chain Solutions. And Supply Chain Solutions started out as a West Michigan-based logistics provider, and we have grown to all over the world. Right now, we've got associates on the ground full-time in Southeast Asia and China. Um, we've got offices throughout the U.S. We've got an office in Mexico, also an office in Central America. And through those, we have warehouse space up the wazoo. Um, we love our inventory management strategies. We love the tools. And uh, beyond that, when it comes to international shipping or customs or domestic, all of that, we've really created a cool ecosystem where we, we feel we've got the best in class product in each area and we can sew them together with the API connections. And uh, we can also connect out to our customer systems as well. So it's really intuitive. We work on it every year and we make little modifications and we're really proud of what we've created. So if you haven't been able to experience our single sign-on to be able to see all the visibility and tracking tools and, and just plug into our system, um, you've got to get a hold of us because it's phenomenal. Anyway, give us a call. We'd love to chat with you. We'd love to see if we can build you guys a customized solution. Now, we got to dive into this because we got a lot to talk about because there's a lot happening right now that's going to be affecting you at the beginning of next year. Um, so to kick it off, <clears throat> Pardon me. So, firstly, 
Really, the most important thing everyone here has to know is starting January 1st, 2024, you're likely going to be getting fines associated with the IMO's new carbon legislation. Um, it's actually got a different acronym to it. I didn't put that acronym anywhere in my notes. I don't know why, but it's gone through a few different iterations and names. It's actually a couple different legislations that are not merged, but sort of merging. So keep that in mind. Um, 2024, the fines and fees, they are starting. This is always the plan. 2023, uh, the first day of 2023, which obviously was this year, all of the vessels started having to report their metrics. So they'd have to talk about um, what routes they're running, how much cargo they're carrying, how much fuel they're burning, how much time they're idling. Actually, that was a big concern because idling wasn't a part of it. There has been some revisions to these, and I don't even really think idling was really addressed. Um but yeah, but again, you know, right, this is, you've, we've talked about some articles where some of the ships have been slowing their, slowing their steaming speed. And this is partially to be partially because of this. Um, it's got other reasons as well. You've got blank sailings. And so just a way to, you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone with these new carbon restrictions coming out, slow steaming kind of was a way to blank sail by just taking longer. So anyway, that is coming up. Um, I have seen a lot of different numbers for what the line item is going to cost based on different carriers. So, so far we've seen numbers ranging from 50 to $200, um, even above $200. And this is really dependent on a lot of things. So it's dependent, first of all, on which carrier you're using. Second of all, which lane you're using, um, you know, and, and a lot more. I think as we get into next year, we're going to see a lot of these fines and fees start to normalize. But when we originally got these numbers, it almost felt like the carriers were kind of trying to throw something out there that they knew would cover their butts. Um, you know, when it comes down to the vessel ratings, obviously during the pandemic, you saw companies like MSC purchase a ton of brand new ships. So you're assuming that those new ships, when they come online, they'll be more energy efficient. And, you know, through this process, of going through these fines and fees and punishing the the boats that are burning more or just more just inefficient, you'd start to probably see some weeding out of capacity. So some of the things that we've been dealing with this year, and I'll get into this a little bit more next week, really, this is a next week topic, but we'll probably see some kind of, you know, flip of capacity, new stuff in, old stuff out. But we'll talk about that later. Anyway, big thing to know is, if that's not in your budget to have this new line item, you really need to consider it because it, especially if you're shipping between Europe, it's going to be in every shipment thing and it could really add up, particularly when we're thinking about our FEU rates being 1100 Imagine a $200 um, IMO charge per shipment. The, again, that's at the upper end that we saw, but still pretty substantial. So um, keep that in mind. Now, you know, I'd love to give you the cliff notes on, on this legislation, but it quite frankly, even the cliff notes page is pages long. And even on that page, it's so politically written that I, I, uh, I'd have to do a whole episode going through under these circumstances, under these circumstances, under these circumstances. And we may do that next year if there is some confusion, which I'm sure there will be, but <clears throat> we may do that next year. So internally, I kind of mentioned this spring, things will likely kind of relax a little bit. Now, furthermore, what do we have going on in the globe right now? We've got the whole situation with Israel and also in the Gaza Strip. Um, on top of that, we've got the Ukraine war. 
I talked about this last week, what's going on with the earthquakes and the volcanoes. There's a lot of volcanic ash in the air. There are some major disruptive points where getting near those points really is you know, not advisable or not possible. So that has kind of been affecting us and it's going to continue affecting us for the next couple of weeks. Anchorage and their snow situation, it's been ongoing for very, very long. Um, so you've got to keep those things in mind. And, um, you know, I think also when we talk about some of these conflict zones, some people feel like, oh, well, how, you know, I'm, I'm shipping from China and that's it. Or I'm shipping from Vietnam and that's it. It's just a trans-Pacific move. All of this stuff is on the other side. How does that affect me? Right. And obviously there's the discussion of raw materials, which we saw when the Ukraine crisis first started. But um, beyond that, we actually have an interesting bit of news that's been affecting us for a while and it's just getting worse. And if you don't know about it, you really do need to know about it. So generally speaking, if you're shipping from Southeast Asia, China, you know, that region and you're coming into the East Coast, what are you going to do? You're going to go through the Panama Canal. Well, the Panama Canal has been dealing with a severe drought this year and it has been just going from bad to worse. And if you um, kind of keep up to date in the Panama Canal, which I don't know why you would, but if you do, you'd know that back in 2021, they did a huge expansion project. Um, it actually allowed for these huge Neo-Panamax vessels to be able to go through. Um, it was a big deal. And actually it opened the Panama Canal up to around roughly 99% of all container vessels after that expansion could now go through the Panama Canal. Very cool. Um, unfortunately, that is totally reversed. They have got restrictions on restrictions on restrictions. And now with those Neo-Panamax vessels, it's almost like a little bit of an asterisk with those restrictions because a lot of those vessels were designed around the restrictions of the Panama Canal. Anyway, they're still letting those through. They're definitely the largest vessels, but they have a cap of only five per day. And this number was higher and it was higher before and the cap has just been slowly kind of creeping down. Um, other vessels, there's different caps associated with it. Um, another thing to consider as well, that the other vessels are actually, if it's not a Neopanamax, it's actually got even more stringent restrictions. So there's new birth and length restrictions that got put out. So yeah, it's, it's getting kind of messy. And um, now there's also a, a, a fee for using the canal as well. And just last week, a, a vessel jumped the line, there's 20 boats waiting, and the vessel paid $4 million to uh, get to the front of the queue. So you might be seeing a bill from your carrier saying we needed to dock. And so we paid $4 million to go first. So you'll see. Anyway, a um, lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff you got to consider. And, um, you know, the flip side of not going through Panama takes you through the Suez. So the Suez Canal, you know, conventionally, that's a pretty long route. And also it, it would have just been substantially more money. Currently, it's actually a pretty reasonably reasonable cost, um, despite its its distance. The shipments between China and Southeast Asia over to Europe have been bottom of the barrel cheap. I mean, we were seeing triple digits, not quadruple digits, literally in the 900s for a container move, which was just wild. December is going to see a series of massive rate hikes, and um, they are really have a plan to make them stick because they haven't really stuck on this lane. There's actually volume in this lane, um, but it's just this huge surplus of capacity compared to the volume that is um, kind of keeping those rates at bare minimum. But you use the Suez. What's your dilemma, right? Um, generally speaking, more expensive. Also, it's a longer transit time. Okay. Two things that can be manageable, right? Well, unfortunately, 
you could also get hit by a missile. So that's happening. Apparently last Sunday, um, I forget the vessels, the vessel operator, but a vessel was hit by a missile. No one was injured. Um, there was a, a, a USS uh, a warship that kind of went to intercept an aid and it also shot down a drone. So it's, it's actually in the region. It's been completely stated that we will be targeting and not by we, it's just the region will be targeting these vessels as well. So, um, Zim and Hapak Lloyd both have announced they are have like a conflict zone surcharge. So they're going to start charging that. And I believe that started after the missile strike, um, just the other week. So keep that in mind. That's another concern. You could be dealing with a general average situation, which if you don't know what a general average situation is, we did a great episode. We had Roanoke on and um tyler walked us all through it in a just a glorious presentation we can send that out to you guys um long story short though the cliff note is you don't want to deal with general average let's just put it that way and i think a missile strike uh could definitely cause that so a few more things going on so let's kind of zoom in on that east coast right because we were discussing east coast well peak season this year really hit early and ended abruptly so you know what we noticed is the port of new york the port of new jersey they had a drop in cargo volumes year over year six percent in october so pretty early in a pretty steep drop but we saw that same trend all the way down so port of virginia they saw a four percent decrease um over at the south carolina ports authority their volumes were down by nine percent and then port everglades saw october volumes down by six percent so that's all october that's all year over year and that's all pretty substantial decreases and it's actually happening earlier than it normally would so on the flip side there was an uptick in last mile activity um a lot of e-commerce e-commerce kind of um um you know aiding that and we also saw the uh logistics managers index the capacity in warehouses take a dip which is essentially saying you know inventory that was being stored kind of was released so there's other factors playing here. And then on top of this, it's, you know, that those are pretty steep drops and they did happen early. But if you go back to 2019, because obviously our pandemic years were a little bit more challenging back in 2019, um, we're still at a minimum on all of those different ports, 10% up in volume. So, you know, roughly four years, two and a half percent growth per year, you know, yeah. And that's at a minimum. So. Anyway, it's been kind of rocky, but I think the pendulum is coming back. And when I say I think we, Anthony and I and our team truly do feel the pendulum is coming back. We still have, unfortunately, a couple seasons of ironing out before we get back to freight stability and this surplus of capacity that happened during the pandemic from just buying boats um, is just a just a problem. So anyway. Good for people who can uh, who can who can capitalize on these rates if they can get the service. That's really been the challenge. So, uh, wanting to get through our info, let's keep it moving. So, obviously, like I discussed, year over year volumes are pretty steeply down on the East Coast, and they're down pretty early. Um, but there is another thing going on here. So, we discussed last year the ILWU contract the negotiation and kind of how that went about and some of the challenges that went into the beginning of this year. It got really ugly at the beginning of this year, and they were contractless for you know most of the time. Well, the ILWU is the West Coast's um, longshoremen. It's it's the West Coast Port Labor kind of union. 
Right now, we've got the East Coast's Port Labor Union, and their contract is up at the end of this year. And just this week, they announced if certain stipulations do not occur, they will strike. So very, very early to be saying that. I mean, literally September of next year um, is when their contract is due. The strike was talked about in November of next year. So this is a one-year-out plan. Um, we talked a little bit about them so far on this show. They've had their struggles. They're, it's, it's set up very differently on the East Coast than it is on the West Coast. And there's some non-union labor port operations that got government approval. Um, it's really not that way on the West Coast. And so you have a different kind of battle going on, a different kind of turf war. So we'll get into that. We'll really talk about that in depth because it is very interesting and it's very unique. And we really need to watch how that goes. So, um, yeah. And another final thing, because we are over on time right now, and I want to just get you guys this information. So there was a huge edit to the Inflation Reduction Act that just was formalized. Um, the Inflation Reduction Act has a lot of arms to it, but one of which is around the seven uh, the $7,500 federal tax credit for purchasing an EV and stipulations and requirements to actually be able to offer that tax credit. And it involves battery manufacturing and the battery um, uh, where those raw materials, those rare earth materials were coming from. So they had locations that they were not allowed to come from. They had a certain percentage where it had to be a certain percentage built or you know assembled in the US. And what they've done in this recent edit is they put China on the not allowed to supply list. And so that's that's huge because China has stockpiled quite a lot of these rare earth minerals. And, um, you know, if you've been following BYD, um, one of their largest electric car companies, you know, it's it's one of the top selling electric car companies in the world. It's been a huge staple for their economy. Um, Evergrande, their um, their essential retail, you know, giant corporation is, um, you know, it was having troubles on the the physical retail side, but also had this EV side that was growing, you know, substantially year over year, specifically in Europe. There's some great, great articles on that as well. But this is a really big blow to them. They also have a lot of uh, component manufacturing capability, like when you look at the world in general in China within their borders. So it's um, this is this is interesting. The Department of Treasury did come out in a statement and they're kind of looking for opinions on transition plans. They're really trying to play this easy. Anyway, I really appreciate everybody joining us today. Uh, it's great being able to share what we do with all of you and the things we're thinking about and some of the stuff we've got to work around. So make sure you're giving us some information, some feedback on um, what's applicable to you. And, you know, obviously we can go very granular. Some weeks we have some very granular topics. So if there's something local or something, you know, something else, make sure you let us know. Thanks so much. Have a great one.